This is Killstreak. Stupid scientists! It's Killstreak, episode one fifteen. I'm Eric Goslin, and uh, joining me here, as always, Mike Price. How you doing, Mike? I'm good. Mike, uh, I'm okay. I might be coming ill, becoming ill, and that's yeah. That is that's okay. Um, it's my my wife's been sick for oh, almost a week, and we thought it was a continuation of her European COVID. But uh, I seem to be coming down with something similar, which would suggest it is a different uh, illness altogether. Perhaps an influenza? or Yeah, or even just a cold, you know, a rhinovirus. They happen. They happen, for sure. Yeah, so if uh, Mike sounds a little weird, that's why. And if I sound a little weird, it's because I'm not going to get into the story. But if you follow me on social media, you probably saw. Um, there's a big fire right next to my house that luckily did not spread. Um, but a lot of smoke inhalation, so I'm a little, <coughs> little wheezy. And, or maybe we, it's COVID, I don't know. <coughs> we asked him to stop going over there and huffing over the side of his fence, but, <laughs> uh, but Eric's really, stubborn, you know? I'm stubborn, and if it feels good, do it. <laughs> All right, yeah. so we are gathered here today to talk about AVP, colon, Alien versus Predator, the 2004 Paul... W.S. and W.S. That's yeah, the, that's the, those are the words. Not more like Paul W.C. Anderson, right? <laughs> wait, wait. It's European so for water, oh, water closet, closet? bathroom. <laughs> um, that's good. That's good. He's you know because he's like poop or pee. frequently makes pretty shitty movies. I wonder what his best one is. That was the question I have. Let's uh, easy answer. Can... It's a it's Event Horizon. Oh, he did Event Horizon? Yeah. Okay, then, yeah, that is. Um, yeah. Not to, like, we'll let, and now look and let's talk about it, but also, it's definitely Event Horizon. Well, I don't want to get into our thoughts on this current movie we're about to see. It's not his best see, about movie. to talk about. Yeah. I mean, um, I would also, I think one could make, uh, I don't know if compelling is the right word, but at least an argument for uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, it seems like he sort of started with maybe two of his best movies <laughs> Wait, in Mortal Kombat and Event Horizon. Hold on. Class. Oh, that's producer. That's why. <laughs> Classic uh, segment where one of us looks at um, IMDb. Uh, AVP, Resident Evil, Event Horizon, Mortal Kombat, and Shopping. Uh, yeah. yeah, I am um, not to talk. Not to spoil my thoughts on AVP, but I would have to agree that Event Horizon is certainly the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Spoiler, AVP is not better than Event Horizon. Right. Right. But do we like it? You'll find out. You will. Uh, um, do, you, do you have anything you want to get into before we start talking AVP? No. No. You know what? Let's, uh, let's, let's be like the Xenomorphs. Let's keep things lean and skeletal. Sure. Uh, 
because I want to give the folks the best I have to offer and the good content. Yeah, but, so if you're not feeling well, we should uh, not yeah. linger. Don't worry, everybody. It doesn't mean it's going to be a 40-minute episode. It just means I don't Everybody's have time like, for Oh, man. Yeah. I got no time for Eric's bullshit today. Yeah, usually I start going off. Like when I said, let's not let it linger, I wanted to say, like the cranberries, do you have to let it? It was no anger. Anger, right? Shit. Anger? Up. What? Is it, do you have to let it anger? No, it's linger. It is linger. Okay, the name right. of the song is linger. I, I second guess myself. See, I have. Hey, fireworks. Yep. Well, still fireworks going on after a massive <laughs> fire that destroyed six cars uh-huh. directly over the fence from my house. Sure. People are still it, caused by fireworks. People. But are it wasn't caused by there. fireworks, right? It was the it fireworks was. lit on fire. No, no, no. It was. I mean, as far as I know, I wasn't there. But did they light a firework first? I think so. I think oh, they lit wow. a firework that went into a box of fireworks. What a bunch of fucking super geniuses. Fucking idiots. Yeah, fucking idiots. I, personally, I'm of the opinion that if you like fireworks, you're kind of a dullard anyway. Except yeah. if it's like in firework zones. Or you could be a child. A child, yeah. sure. Yeah. But I love like, fireworks as a child. Yeah, but as an adult now, I don't want to stress everybody out all the time. And as you guys have probably noticed, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time... Fireworks are a constant in my neighborhood, um, and I'm turning into fucking Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino about it. <laughs> Keep trying to tell you, Eric, they're not Hmong people, uh, but you just yeah, won't that's listen. My, that's my problem. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Only if you're Hmong. Also, I don't have lawn. I have AstroTurf. Heart yeah. locked in the Gran Torino. Did you ever see the... Grand Tudor? No, I don't watch a lot of Clint Eastwood movies. Uh, I, my uh, friend of the show, Josh Briggs, myself, and my wife went to see it because it was getting like really good reviews. Oh, yeah? Did you go see it with your best friends that you yeah. saw Top Gun Maverick with? <laughs> I did, actually. Oh, my um, God. I did, actually. I saw Top Gun Maverick. Um, th- you haven't seen it yet. You, do you want to know my thoughts? or do you, wanna... I, no, uh, you liked it, right? I love positive. It. Okay, great. I mean, but Josh. Josh did not like it. Well, Josh has bad opinions. Sometimes. That Josh and I never. Josh and Carol specifically, I never agree with completely. Yeah, uh, we we'll can say that because they don't listen to the podcast. Yeah, even though they've true. been that's on true. it. <laughs> I mean, that's the true mark of a podcast guest is you. You don't listen to the podcast, otherwise yeah. you're a loser. <laughs> Wait, we've had guests on that listen to the podcast. No, they're losers. Yeah, you're right. Like Whitney doesn't listen to the podcast. That's yeah. true. Right? She's busy. Yeah, yeah she's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We love yeah, all our guests. We love you we all. We really, actually, sincerely appreciate it when people listen to the podcast. It's one of the nicest things you can do for we us. We do, uh, and I think Top Gun Maverick is a thrill ride. Okay, but we're not here to talk about Top Gun Maverick. We're here to talk about Alien versus Predator 2004. Directed by Paul W.C. Anderson. Um, <laughs> Sticking with a water closet? Yeah, no, that time it was a reference to W.C. Fields. <laughs> okay, okay. My little chickadee. <laughs> Is he the guy who killed a, a, a prostitute? Or, I'm sorry, no, that was Fatty Arbuckle. That was Fatty Arbuckle, okay. Yeah, accidentally. Cool. Somebody accidentally died, and then there's a rumor that he crushed her with his weight, and I don't know if that's true or not. I can't remember. I hope not. Ben Stiller's okay. been trying to get a movie called I Fatty made. 
for a long, long time. I I saw the script when I was an intern and doing coverage. I did not read it. That's mm. a good story, though. Folks, that's a good story. It's probably something interesting in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this movie is a movie that came out in 2004, and it's directed by Paul Thomas. Th- Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Paul W.S. Anderson. It's confusing, too, also, that it's it Thomas and W.S. It's like, they yeah, sound too syllables. similar, yeah. right? W.C. would be easier to remember. There's also the Anderson... Sorry to interrupt. The Anderson no, who did, like... Um, fuck, what's that? The the movie that takes place in a Dander's mental hospital? Session 8. Mm. I don't yeah, that's know an that. An, that's an Anders I use... Anderson, I'm sorry. Is that is that a Wes Anderson movie? Brad Anderson. Okay. It's yeah. not, no, not not Wes Anderson. Not Wes. Uh, Anderson. Um. <clears throat> okay. Eric, I have a question for you because you've read comic books here and there, right? Sure. Have you ever read the Aliens? Alien and I ne- and note it's Aliens yeah. in the comics, the Aliens versus Predator com- comic series. No, I never really did. I never did. Okay. Uh, my extent of knowledge of AVP goes to like the Jaguar game. Wasn't that a Jaguar game? I believe so. That's around the time the it, like early '90s when those games started coming out. And that was really an Alien versus a Predator was the coolest idea I could think of. Yeah, it's I, really, it's really down the middle for uh, someone I don't know, aged thirteen perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> um. Which uh, we can get into shortly. Yes, Alien vs. Predator 1994 Jaguar release, which I believe is a port of the original Alien vs. Predator from 1993 that came out for Super Nintendo. Oh. That's interesting. I feel You feel like the Jaguar would come first. Yeah, I, th- I felt like it came, it was like on Jaguar only. and You, you know what? You could play it. Not a port. Different oh. game. Same title. Different game. Gotcha. Yeah, looks actually looks kind of cool. If I'm yeah, being I never honest. played it. I just saw it in the in the pages yeah. of like video game magazines. It's a first person shooter, uh, 2D of course, but you know it it looks like a kind of like a like a slicker. It's like if you took the mocap from like a Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. and then married it to, you know, like uh, Doom, Doom or Wolfenstein. Yeah. yeah, it looks pretty sick. Um, there's other games that look like that. Anyways, this isn't a video game podcast. This is a movie podcast. Um, this movie is, but, but it's good to bring up because even though this movie came out in 2004, the, the concept of an alien versus predator mythology, uh, predates, predates this movie by 24 years. Wow. Uh, Wait, sorry, even before 14, Fred- 14, 14 oh, years. I was going to say, yeah, 14 yeah. years, sorry. I got my decades mixed up. But yeah, <laughs> 19, 1989, 1990 was the original run of the Dark Horse comic, Aliens vs. Predator. Oh. Um, yeah, so even by the time Predator 2 came out. Oh, um, see, I thought it started there. No, it didn't. In fact, the alien skull that appears in the ship at the end of our last film... Uh, Predator 2 was su- supposed to be, I think, a nod to the Alien versus Predator comic book series. Huh. Um, and, you know, people had been talking about trying to make this happen as a film for a pretty long time. 
<clears throat> oh, excuse me. Sorry, I'm just going to sound like that today. And, um, you know, it was it was the kind of thing that it feels like these things, it's, it's the kind of properties that get, get made more and more these days where somebody gets an idea uh, of how to use existing IP um, and, and then it just is sort of willed into existence. Uh-huh. Uh, these days it would be, I, I assume, on Twitter or TikTok perhaps. Uh, something would pick up steam. Um, but I like, for instance, I remember Snakes on a Plane being one of the oh sure earlier examples of that kind of um, almost like uh, concepting by committee, <laughs> just yeah. sheer force of dumb fuck will, uh, <laughs> <laughs> leading to the creation of an actual feature film. Um, yeah, I don't know, um, <clears throat> but um, I mean, it's it's not. Is it a bad idea? What do you think? I think it's a cool idea. I mean, like I said, I was tickled by the idea back when I was a wee lad. Mm-hmm. And where, uh, where did it tickle you? <laughs> I'll show you on the doll if you hold up that xenomorph doll. It's in my second mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I never. Full disclosure, I'd never seen this movie until last night. Oh wow! Because it came out during a period where I just don't think I was seeing. It was like 2004, so I was in college. Yeah, we were in college when this came out. Um, I would have been seeing movies. I don't know why I didn't see it, to be honest. Well, it had an air of shittiness around it when it came out. Yeah, I just heard it wasn't good. Yeah, with especially with people who like kind of cared about the Predator movies, as silly as that sounds. but Yeah, no, but... In Alien movies, too. I yeah, and the Alien movies. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, something, too. It's like, you know, we're going to talk about this more today, but it it is also, it is interesting. We had this happen once before with Freddy vs. Jason, but we haven't yet covered the Nightmare on Elm Street series. So this is the first time that we're coming at a crossover film, having, you know, at least been through all of one series and up to this point in the other series yeah so it's so it's interesting to watch it now and be like to what degree is this an alien movie to what degree is this a predator movie yeah Yeah. i was thinking about that as i was watching it um it's pretty 50 50 i'd say i i I think i agree with that i actually you know i think it's 25 25 (laughs) (laughs) and then 50 percent some other bullshit yeah some other stuff (laughs) yeah yeah um it's definitely, um, I'll say this, and this is a, a little bit of a spoiler, I guess, but just in case I forget, it's, it's, it's less than the sum of its parts. Like, it is not quite, it doesn't quite nail either what Predator does well or Alien does well uh, as much as it could. I think it, it kind of, each one dulls the other to a certain degree. Or is it just the work of Paul W.S. Anderson <laughs> and the cast. Uh, who's, who can say? We'll see. Um, we know. can. can. We're say? allowed to say. Um, anyways, Eric, would you believe me if I told you that the production of this movie launching killed a new Alien sequel from James Cameron? <laughs> what? Because yes. they didn't want like competing alien movies or something? Yeah, I mean it was Cameron's decision to walk away. 
when he found out that this movie was being made. Oh. Um, but, like, at the time, Cameron had been working and had been talking to Ridley Scott. <laughs> uh, and they've been talking about making a fifth Alien sequel after Resurrection. <clears throat> and then they Damn. found... And, and the concept they were working with was what eventually sort of morphed into Prometheus. Um, now, when they found out Fox was going to do this, Cameron pretty much just decided to walk away from it because he thought that this was dumb. He compared it to Frankenstein meets the werewolf or any number of those sort of universal crossover movies from the 40s yeah. and 50s. Or multiverse movies in general. <laughs> maybe? Well, I, I think that, that conceptually that maybe didn't exist until more recently. Yeah. But yes, similar. Um, Cameron actually said he didn't think it was that bad. He, And I believe in an interview... He, he didn't name the specific movies, but you can sort of read between the lines, and he more or less implied that he would rate this in between his and Ridley Scott's films and above Alien Resurrection and Alien 3. Wow. <laughs> Which is, regardless of if you agree or disagree, is throwing some pretty sharp shade at David Fincher and, and Jean-Pierre Genet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He said he rated third of the five Alien movies. So unless his ranking has something, is is not what we would expect it to be. Yeah, that's... number one for him is Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> I made a garbage movie. That's why I'm trying to make another one. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, Ridley Scott has, has not seen it, as far as anyone knows. Sure. Uh, which makes sense. It's hard for me to imagine. Uh, is Ridley Scott a knight? <laughs> I think is he, uh, is he Sir, Sir Ridley, Ridley Scott? Scott? Isn't yeah. he Australian? Uh, or is he British? I think he's British. Oh, Let, no. Let's see. Sir Ridley Scott. Is that a thing? Yep. <laughs> he is a knight. Oh, I'm sorry uh, I doubted your knighthood. Yeah. Sir. So so Sire. the knight Ridley Scott has not sat down to watch <laughs> Alien vs. Predator. Shockingly. Shocking. Um yeah, so anyways, I mean, the whole idea spun out of the comic book series, more or less. Um, there had been a spec screenplay bouncing around for about the 12 years when they when they started working on this. Um, so it's, it's funny because, like, you know, it's not like either of these franchises, especially Predator, is some sort of, like, sacred text that's like so deep and profound and, and comes from this place of such, uh, you know, spiritual, spiritually grounded artistry that it's offensive to think of people trying to milk money out of it. Right. Um, they're both blockbuster right. movies. Right. They're both blockbusters. But, you know, you, you, you do maybe get these images in your head that a movie like this is, is like a really craven, like the studio wants this. And so we smash these toys together and film it. Right. And it's like, I mean, the reality of the situation is that Paul W.S. Anderson had uh, – a treatment he had a whole pitch he had a like a book full of concept art that he brought to the studio um you know an artist working with him um it was like so a passion like, project yeah this was something that yes he was very passionate about he wrote the script himself along with um another dude named shane salerno who i forgot to look up um 
But yeah, they they started working on it right after they finished the script for Resident Evil Apocalypse, a movie that I <laughs> know nothing about and never will. I refuse yeah. to uh, learn anything about the Resident Evil movies. I've seen the first one. Uh, great. I don't want to know anything about it. Don't. Tell I won't me. tell you anything. Okay. Uh, Shane Salerno, the co-writer of this film, later tapped by James Cameron to write all four of the Avatar sequels. Wow. Along with Cameron, of course. Right. Um, yeah, so I think he was like a big rewrite, punch-up kind of guy. Um, like a script doctor. That's what they call him. Uh, yeah. So, um, he, I think he was a script doctor on Armageddon. On on the great Kurt Russell movie, Breakdown. Oh, yeah. Um, a number of other things. Um, anyways. Um, yeah, so... Uh, 20th Century Fox says, yeah, let's do it. We like printing money. Um, <laughs> and uh, their original story was a little bit different. There were some rewrites. Um, supposedly, and, and, and this is sort of obvious in the final product, uh, they were heavily in- influenced by the work of a, of a famous quack named Eric Von Daniken. Uh, Eric von Daniken. Yes, who is a he is a Swiss uh, author um, who was one of the earliest champions of the ancient astronaut. Oh, theories. okay, okay, okay. Um, right. And um, he wrote a couple books in the sixties and seventies that uh, got a lot of attention. Uh, he has been really thoroughly debunked at every turn anything that he tries to like he's had to backtrack on a ton of claims that he made um and there is no evidence really whatsoever to support any of his theories and in fact there's a lot of evidence to contradict uh, it yes to contradict his theories (laughs) many of the things that he attributed to uh, alien technology or influence on early civilizations have just been like clearly proven to have actually been made by people. Oh, that's uh, what they want you to think. In very understandable ways, yeah. Sure. Um, I mean, they want they want to put the blindfold over your eyes. Yeah. So you can be one of the sheep, Mike. You sound like a sheep. Bad. <laughs> yeah, I'll cuddle up, sheepy. Call. Wait, are you like a sheep fucker? I might be a sheep fucker in this hypothetical scenario. scenario. It started as a conspiracy theorist and then it turned into a sheep fucker, which I think is pretty accurate. Yeah, most conspiracy theories, most crazy belief systems are rooted in a desire to get laid, right? Yeah, by animals. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. The sheep's doing the fucking here. Nobody's getting hurt. Yeah, that's right. It's consensual. Hi, Mike's mom. I just wait for the sheep. (laughs) <laughs> to do what it will. Um, anyways. Uh, yeah, also some influence taken from H.P. Lovecraft's novella At the Mountains of Madness. Uh, mm. A classic. Which, I guess, you know, it's the Arctic. Or it's not the Arctic. It's It is Antarctic. Arctica. It's yeah, Antarctica. 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 Yes. Yeah. The Antarctic. One of the seven continents of the planet that we don't quite know how to pronounce. Asia? Asia. Asia. Um, Carrera. Yeah, so anyways, it takes place in Antarctica and involves the discovery of some ancient technology and weird stuff. So, yeah, it actually, I mean, it does make sense that that was an inspiration here. Yeah. 
Um, they did try at least to um, to to quote unquote remain faithful to both the Alien and Predator franchises, and I think at the time that like that it worked more or less. Now since this movie has come out. The creation of Prometheus and then uh, Alien Covenant has stricken at least this film, if not the Requiem as well, from canon. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. Because there are some contradictions uh, very and inconsistencies. Very similar setup to this movie as Prometheus. Like, right? It's very, very similar. I was did surprised. you watch this and go, wait, did Ridley Scott like lift a bunch of this? Yeah, I kind of did actually. It was really, it's the it's the same setup. A bunch it of is. scientists traveling to a place to discover this strange beacon. You know, like this. Yeah, is, it's it's almost identical. It is a very yes. It is an eerily similar setup to like especially the first forty minutes of Prometheus. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, even Wayland is there, although I guess he's secretly there. And and it, I sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and also this is again. I'm not saying what my opinion on the movie is. The scientists are equally dumb in both movies. You know, I was gonna say something uh, when you. What did you say in your intro? intro stupid scientists. Stupid scientists. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's one thing that really makes this feel a little bit more like an alien movie than a predator yeah. movie. It's dipshit <laughs> scientists. Um, like that have to have things explained to them, like their fucking children, like the Northern Lights. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's yeah. A, she's like a tra world traveler. She knows what the fucking Northern Lights are. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so something I had to look up, but I did want to clarify for anybody else who was wondering. So the Wayland in this film is his character's name. I want to say it's Charles, Charles Bishop yeah. Wayland, uh, with the obvious nod. To the android bishop, also played by Lance Henriksen, and in uh, part three he plays Wayland, right? Yes, but I think I think this movie would have you believe that that is a clone or an android sure, as sure. well. Um, but the idea is that this is the original Charles Wayland, and that all bishop androids were modeled after him because he's. But doesn't the real life Wayland show up? Like, oh no 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 no. He claims to be. In three, he claims to be, yeah. He claims to be, but I again, I don't think that this movie is technically... I mean, like, it's not canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, also, something to clar clarify is that this is Charles Wayland, and that Guy Pierce's character in Prometheus is Peter Wayland. Sure. Who, who I guess it will just assume is a... Yeah, what's the opposite of an ancestor? Uh, um, I still have COVID brain fog. I don't know. Opposite of an answer. A descendant. Descendant. Of Charles Wayland. Um, maybe. Anyways, I don't want to get mired in the weeds too nah, much. Nah, it's fine. Uh, but that seems like a good segue to talk about the cast. Lance Henriksen, for fans of the Predator and Alien films, perhaps the most exciting uh, addition to the cast here. Certainly. Um, he uh, is... Hey, fireworks. Um, yeah, so like we said, he plays Charles Bishop Whalen. Our lead is Sanaa Lathan, 
who people would know from all sorts of stuff. I think she got pretty famous after Love and Basketball. Oh, yeah. um, she's also in the first Blade movie, uh, The Best Man Holiday, uh, and The Best Man. I guess I should say The Best Man first, and The Best Man Holiday. But I know Best Man Holiday better because I think that one, I don't know, was more in the cultural zeitgeist. Or maybe I was just paying more attention. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't answer that for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh okay fine I'll go fuck myself Eric. Yeah, go just, fuck yourself. Why don't you go jerk off while I host this podcast on my own even though I'm sick? <laughs> um, who else? Your second lead, a guy named Raúl Bova, who is mostly an Italian TV actor who sometimes shows up in American feature films as an Italian guy. <laughs> um, seems to be his main thing. Um, Good for we him. Have, yeah, we have Ewan Bremner, the yeah. fourth, the fourth, fourth most noteworthy cast member of Train Spotting. <laughs> yeah, but he's in uh, Our Flag Means Death. And that's I heard, good. yeah, he's I heard it, it was funny, and I know he's he's in that recently. He's also in the Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman movie was a sort of bigish role for him. Um, he's he's fun. I was like him, Spud from Train Spotting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely you know a memorable face and and actor Uh, yeah he's incredibly scottish uh very scottish so scottish scottish um colin salmon uh who i just do when i order seafood (laughs) (laughs) that's not bad it's kind of kind of one to one to one but it's 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 it works i don't know yeah um, no notes. No, no, no. That's good. Carry on. <laughs> um, yeah, Colin Salmon. I forget his character's name. He's like the the he's he's uh, Wayland's you know right hand guy. Stafford, I think, is his name. Yeah. Anyways, he I know from another right hand man role. He plays M's right hand man in the newest iteration of the James Bond series. So he's like Ray Fiennes guy. Uh huh. Um, uh huh. He's British. He's he's the Raul Bova of British television. He's <laughs> so we in... would have more likely run into him than Raul Bova. Perhaps yes, he is an English speaking actor who's been in eight thousand you know BBC shows. Um, Tommy Flanagan, uh, the the guy who famously has the, the scar, the, from... the smile scar. Yeah, yeah, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, Chibs from Sons of Anarchy. He plays the. the crazy scottish dude in in braveheart uh i always remember him from the saint i think an underrated movie i never saw that you haven't seen the never saint? saw that picture oh we should watch it it's fun okay um yeah it's got a lot of it's got a great 90s techno soundtrack i'm sure there'll be a reason for us to have to watch that for a mutual podcast that we like yeah <laughs> they point. gotta do it sooner or later you're right Everybody subscribe to the Action Boys, but no, it's what listen subscribe to us first. But you do yeah. if you're listening to this, <laughs> Ooh, right? What what if we were on like one episode renewal with a bunch of people? They're like, <laughs> I won't subscribe. I'll listen to the next one. Okay, this is good enough, but you're still not getting my click. Um, yeah, and uh, I think am I forgetting anybody good? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. It's a real cast of nobodies and. Uh, 
I was watching a behind-the-scenes documentary, which I learned almost nothing from. <laughs> That's not shocking. It was a real fucking waste of my time. But it's the one of the producer John Davis is like talking about this the amazing like reverse engineering of a like a fake motivation. Where he's talking about like it's you know we have a, we we wanted a really international cast to give this uh, like a like a cross cultural f- uh-huh. flair <laughs> and it's like you mean you couldn't afford recognizable American actors is that what you mean John you just Davis? wanted professionals who could get the job done <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah nothing nothing screams quality like a cast made up of unrecognizable foreign TV actors. <laughs> Um, but anyways, that's that. Um, what else do I usually talk about? The budget was pretty high. It was like 65 million, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is, this is a tricky time for digital imaging. Um, so this is, I mean, I will say for good and for bad, this is a movie that, needs to and tries to find a balance between using uh you know digital special effects and and real effects shots um there's a lot of effects in this movie uh, yeah sort of by necessity because the alien like you can do a predator movie with just a guy in a suit if you really want to alien gets a bit tougher yeah, aliens hard to do. Close-ups sure, but once an alien starts moving around uh in the way that they do post like 1987, uh yeah. you you really do need um some CGI. Um but it's about it's about 70/30 practical to CGI. Um and there's some pretty cool stuff like they they did for instance the alien queen who shows up throughout yeah. the movie. Um they built two different practical versions in addition to using CGI for some shots, but they had like a a miniature puppet and uh, a practical full size queen that I want to say was almost like 14 feet tall. Wow. um, Which is pretty cool. It required 12 puppeteers to operate. Um, I mean, I think the Xenomorphs look pretty cool. Yeah. I think a lot of them look good. I will say, and this is more of a, you know, a criticism for later, but I'm again, I will forget if I try to remember. So, uh, I think they go to the quivering lip. Yes, well, too many times. Too yeah. Yeah. Too many drippy mouths. Like, yeah. Like drippy like, faces. You know, what's cheap horse lube. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And the, you know, the queen aliens inner mouth is all hydraulic and, and operated by a different puppeteer than whoever does the rest of the body and all that stuff. Um, the big uh, fight scene between the the first main fight scene between a predator and alien took one month to film. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. Um, they used a puppet. They used CGI. Um, it was, it was very intense and very difficult to do. Um, and parts of it look pretty cool. And then yeah. other parts, other parts didn't age quite as well. Those are mostly the digital parts. Um, yeah, um, the uh, special effects done by a company named Algamated Dynamics Incorporated, uh, often abbreviated as ADI, uh, founded by Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff Jr., who has come up before because he is the guy who did all of the effects for Alien 3. Oh. Um, and also Alien Resurrection and worked on, uh, I think he's worked on every Alien movie since Alien 3. 
Um, and he, in addition to being one of the owners and founders of ADI, also plays an alien in most of these movies. He does, oh, really? He does some suit work as well. So, yeah. So I thought that was sort of interesting. That is interesting. Well, thank you, Mike, for enlightening mm-hmm. us on uh, all of that AVP knowledge. Of course. <laughs> Uh, let's take a quick break and let's talk about the movie, uh, the plot, our thoughts, etc. Seven days ago, one of my satellites over Antarctica discovered a pyramid. Where exactly on the ice is this? It's not on the ice. It's 2,000 feet under it. make history oh my god whoever built this pyramid believed in ritual sacrifice did you hear that what was that thing what's going on let's go What did you say this room was called? Sacrificial chamber. This door is all here. This whole thing was a trap. They're not hunting us. We're in the middle of a war. They're using us as bait. In 2004, a Predator ship arrives on Earth and uses a heating device to melt a hole in Antarctic ice. Meanwhile, that's my favorite uh, flavor of Gatorade, by the way. <laughs> Meanwhile, a satellite detects the heat bloom beneath uh, Bove Island, um, an island about a thousand miles off the coast of Antarctica. Wealthy industrialist Charles Whalen discovers through thermal imaging that there is a pyramid buried 2,000 feet, that's 610 meters for all of you uh, metric people, beneath the ice. He assembles a team of experts to investigate, including an archaeologist, linguists, mercenaries, and a mountaineering guide named Lex Woods. Terminally ill, Whalen desires to claim the discovery in his name. Lex Woods is a real screenplay name. Huh? It is. <laughs> I thought it was Alex Woods, but I guess I was mishearing it yeah. all the time. Uh, when the team arrives at the abandoned whaling station, they find an unnatural tunnel running directly beneath the ice towards the pyramid. <laughs> what? Like, uh, like your old childhood bedroom is an abandoned whaling station. <laughs> 
Because I'm wailing on myself? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's a fucking dumb. <laughs> the team descends the tunnel and begins to explore the pyramid, soon finding evidence of an ancient civilization in what appears to be a sacrificial chamber filled with human skeletons that ha- uh, that all have a ruptured rib cages. Meanwhile, three predators, Scar, Celtic, and Chopper, wow, I didn't realize they had names, arrive and kill the remaining team members on the surface. They make their way down to the pyramid and arrive just as the team unwittingly activates the structure and are trapped within it. The Xenomorph Queen awakes from cryogenic stasis and begins to produce eggs. When the eggs hatch, several facehuggers attach themselves to humans trapped in the sacrificial chamber. Chestbursters emerge from the humans and quickly grow into adult xenomorphs. The humans take possession of the predators' blasters, and conflict erupts between predators, xenomorphs, and humans. Celtic and Chopper are killed by Xenomorphs. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Chopper. This is, this is like a, a prequel to Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah, it's like the, the guy uh, with the scar yeah. is like, oh, this is cool. i got to bring this to my friend Kurt. <laughs> um, and Waylon buys Lex and Sebastian De Rosa enough time to escape from Scar, giving his life in the process. The two witness Scar kill a facehugger and a xenomorph before unmasking and marking himself with acidic blood of the facehugger. After Lex and Sebastian leave, another facehugger attacks Scar. Through translation of the pyramid's hieroglyphs, very thorough translation, Mm -hmm. Lex and Sebastian learn that the Predator has been visiting Earth for thousands of years. They taught the early human civilization how to build pyramids and were worshipped as gods. Every 100 years, they visit Earth to take part in a rite of passage by which several human sacrifices, uh, sacrifice, sorry, by which several humans sacrifice themselves as host for the xenomorphs, creating the ultimate prey for the predators to hunt. As a failsafe, if overwhelmed, the predators would activate a self-destruct device to eliminate the xenomorphs. They reduce... They deduce that the predators lured them into the pyramid to use as a sacrifice. Uh, is that true? I don't think that's true. That the predators lured them in there? Yeah. I don't think so either. My my understanding of it all was that they were in the pyramid and the predators were alerted of yeah, them. Yeah, right? I believe so. I, mean, I guess we do start on the predator ship looking down at Earth. Mm-hmm. I'd have to rewatch that part, but yeah, that was my thing was like, Oh shit, they're in our stuff. Yeah, and that is how they behave the whole time. Yeah. It's kind of like these humans are fucking around with all this shit and and we gotta deal with this. Yeah, and why would they sacrifice why would they kill them if they're sacrificing them? Right. I think I mean, you maybe maybe could interpret it as it's a hundred years later so that they're they're there to do this thing but these aren't like the humans they picked out for sacrifice no and also it doesn't make any fucking sense it's not like every hundred years anymore right because otherwise someone would have noticed this i don't know maybe maybe not i'm thinking too hard about it now but anyway yeah i i disagree with that sentence i do too 
Lex and Sebastian decide that the predators must be allowed to succeed so that the xenomorphs do not escape to the surface. Sebastian is captured by a xenomorph and Lex returns the blaster to Scar. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. They are... It's just fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's just fucked up. They're attacked by a xenomorph and Lex manages to kill it. Impressed, Scar uses parts of a dead xenomorph to fashion weapons for Lex and the two form an alliance. Lex finds Sebastian, who has become the host of a xenomorph. She mercy kills him, but the xenomorph queen is freed from her restraints and, along with other xenomorphs, begins pursuing Lex and Scar. Scar detaches and uses a bomb in his wrist module to destroy the pyramid and the remaining xenomorphs and eggs. Lex and Scar reach the surface, and Scar uses acidic xenomorph blood to mark Lex with the xenomorph hunter symbol. However, the xenomorph morph queen reappears and attacks. They defeat the queen by pushing it over a cliff, dragging her to the ocean floor. Scar is fatally wounded. A predator ship appears, and they retrieve their fallen comrade. An elder predator presents Lex with one of their spears as a gift, and they depart. Lex walks over to a snowcat and leaves the area. On the Predator ship, Scar's body lays in rest when a Predalian <laughs> chestburster erupts from his chest. Movie. Okay, there you have it. I said movie. <laughs> What'd you say? I said movie. Movie. <laughs> there you have it. That's the movie. Um, Mike, let's talk about our blood and guts check. Sure. Tell me what you thought about this picture the picture this film um this film here is the thing i think it, it something has happened to movies in the last 20 years i think people like to blame it on jaws and star wars and the birth of the blockbuster i don't think that's really fair i think that we had we had a, almost 20 years of wonderful, not always, but where, where you could have these wonderful blockbuster films that combined in, in incredible spectacle and artistic craft. And, and I think that things have gotten so dire in Hollywood now, specifically when it comes to big budget movies and the way they sort of get made by committee uh, the way that uh, that digital effects are used and leaned on, um, you know, the like, you know, uh, there there are there's a laundry list of, of things that I think are bad about the majority of big like a movie like this got made now. For instance, Shane Black's The Predator, which came out a couple years ago, which we'll talk uh -huh. about in a few uh, a few movies down the line. But essentially, when this movie first came out, I did not like it. Um, I thought that it was bad. Mm -hmm. um, I have not watched it since 2004, probably. When it, I think I probably saw it, not in the theater, but I, I think I rented it after it came out. So maybe 2005, but let's just say it's been at least 15 years since I've seen this movie. Um, I don't necessarily think it's aged it's gotten better over time, but I do think that in comparison 
to like what the output in this genre is like these days it does look a little better by comparison i think it's a very mm-hmm. patchy movie there are there are elements that that are i don't want to say there's nothing about this movie that's impressive there are things that are admirable or interesting and then there are things that are that are pretty unimpressive and uninteresting yeah um but so you know we get, we'll dig dig deep into this shortly as 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 you talk about how you feel and we, we kind of unpack the whole thing. But I would say that you know this is a this is a pretty classic like mixed feelings thing for me now where it's like it's not a total failure, uh, it's not particularly good either. Um, yeah, it's sort of a grab bag of things that work and 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 and, and things that don't work. So for myself first time seeing it i'd heard nothing but bad things about this movie Mm -hmm. and especially about our next movie Mm -hmm. alien versus predator requiem Mm -hmm. um so i just never sought it out because why bother life's too short there's a lot of good movies to watch sure so sitting down to watch this my expectations were very low yeah i also had two of the can branded (laughs) high boys at that point (laughs) it was pretty Pretty sleepy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> ten each? Uh-huh. No, five, five each. Five yeah, you're right. Ten yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, I was getting sleepy. And I ha- some big picture things. The cast in the in the human story is completely forgettable <laughs> and unnecessary. I don't almost. even know that it's forgettable. It like it's 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 almost non-existent. It's yeah, it's almost non-existent. Yeah, it's like they are the least you can get away with in calling them characters. Right. That all being said, I kind of had a lot of fun watching this movie. <laughs> There's a lot of fun to be had. Yeah, and all of it has to do with the predator fighting xenomorphs. Like those yeah. are the those are the parts that really work. The thing, and also like yeah. the shifting pyramid stuff sure. really worked for me. The thing that they're trying to sell people on to like get people into seats to see, I think they mostly deliver on. Yeah, I just wish there was more of it. Yeah, um, yeah, it it. it here's my very first pitch. If you were going to make this movie again, if I could talk to Paul W.S. Anderson in 2003, it's cut your cast, your human cast in half, in half and unnecessary. And then use all of that money to hire at least two or three better actors for your main cast who make an impression. Uh, I think Sonala Lathan is fine. She's she's, fine. she's not bad. She's not particularly good. She is. She doesn't take me out of it. Um, Lance Henriksen is fine. His character is pretty one note. Um, very kind of uninteresting. Uh, yeah. Whatever. I kind of like Ewan Bremner. I think he's maybe the most, like, he, he makes the most impact of any of the cast members. He's only around for, like, 30 minutes. Right. And that's it. Right. And then you so so it's like if you were to go back to the drawing board and kind of just be I mean, it's sort of like it's a little bit obvious, but it's like, well, maybe if you used Predator as a jumping off point (laughs) where it's like, yeah, just have like six characters that are crazy, that are really even if they're not the best actors, they're super memorable. 
Yes. You know? Yes. And it's like they don't you don't need that you're not really missing the character development. That's not what I'm missing. What I'm missing is character like strong characterization. Characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when I was watching it, I commented to my wife who watched it with me, like the predators are really jacked in this mm-hmm. one. Like they I was like they look like professional wrestlers. Yeah. And then I saw it in my mind, I went I wish there were more professional wrestlers in this movie. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the first one. Yeah. Because then you at least have some fucking weirdos getting killed, other than just, like, some handsome people. Yeah. And that's a problem I have with any sort of movie in this lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, like, Paul W.S. Anderson style of movie. Yeah. You're not going to... You're just going to get a bunch of handsome people and not a bunch of fucking weirdos. Yeah. And that's why Predator 1 works so well because you got Jesse Ventura. You got Arnold Schwarzenegger. You got fucking Bill Duke. Mm-hmm. They look good on screen, even if they're not like... I'm not even talking about just being muscle-bound. Yeah. But they like look interesting. Mm-hmm. In this movie, you got a bunch of like soap opera faces. Yeah. And that's not interesting. Yeah. Um, 100%. I think, um, you know, we talked about the 70-30 split of effects. And I think, like, overall, I finished the movie feeling a little more positive than negative about the effects work. I think that... Yeah. And I think it is because of that split. It's like there is more practical stuff than digital stuff. And the digital stuff doesn't look very good. Um, no. As you would expect. But... The practice stuff looks pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah. And that is the majority of what you see. Uh, all of the... Everything was shot on a stage. Um, so, like, even all of the, the the whaling station, all of the outdoor stuff, that's also a stage. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they did a lot of miniature work, especially with that set. And Yeah, especially when, like, the queen is running through the whale Yeah, that's, that's the miniature queen and the miniature town, and it's, like, it looks cool, you know? It looks awesome, um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I do think that, like, I, I give credit to the movie for not as, as much as, like, you know, they try to set up a little bit of a story and it's pretty pointless – they don't mm-hmm. they don't go overdo it in terms of like saddling us with a bunch of exposition and a bunch of like uh it's not a complicated story. Is and it's not like the main characters have a complicated past yeah, either. Yeah. Which is like there's no like, oh yeah, my husband's dying of cancer or he right. died of cancer and now I have this mm-hmm. I'm in this sojourn to find the truth about life and death right. or something. You know, yeah. like um one thing I wanted to say that to dovetail into mm. your talk about the effects work, because I do think where this movie shines is with, with the practical effects, especially when it's the predator fighting the alien. Mm-hmm. Like there's one, actually, I don't want to say it, but there's one altercation with the alien mm-hmm. and the predator that is like, kind of has this really satisfying ending and a great, great effect work. Um, but where it really drags and is not good is all of the, off-screen deaths of the human characters yeah. and it's like oh they can get away with showing gore when it's a predator mm-hmm. or an alien yeah but when it's a human you can't because the and i didn't realize that the movie's rated pg-13 and that's the elephant in the room is that this is a yeah. pg-13 movie and i think outside of the un the the less than star studded cast that is the biggest criticism 
or or I think the root of the biggest problems this movie has is yeah. is trying to squeeze in a PG thirteen rating, be- yeah. because it makes it, it both up to this point the Alien and Predator franchises everything is R rated. Yeah, They're both known for gore. Um, you know, Predator two, which we covered last week had to be heavily cut down to get an R rating, you know? Right. Um, in it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so this is just such a departure that I think it does. If it really kind of fucks with the tone a little bit, like this movie should be scarier and more violent. Uh, and, and I think it would, it would work better. I'll tell you the scary thing. Mm-hmm. My wife commented on this too. And I was thinking it separately from her. The claustrophobia stuff mm-hmm. in the, like the shifting walls and like the almost getting crushed, yeah, actually was very scary. It's a to cool me. idea. Like, it stressed me out a lot. Yeah, um, more so. I, I dare say AVP is scarier than than uh, Exorcist Two. <laughs> Exorcist Two. Yeah. What made you think of Exorcist Two? I don't know. I was trying to. Th- I was trying to think of a, a not like you know not the Exorcist, sure. but like something that. Okay. Yeah, I don't That's know. That's interesting. It's yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have seen someone killed by the pyramid, not yeah, not be, even yeah, by an cool, alien or a predator. Cool. Yeah. Um, totally. Some other things. Uh, a thing that I, that I don't think works. A thing that I think works. I do not care for the predator design. In, yes. in particular, their helmets look so of that yes. time, and it's like. This dumb sort of like curvy bulbous style that's too bulky. Yeah, too bulky, too smoothed out. Um, and this movie, I think, in general, like at times, it does suffer a little bit from from the sort of slickness disease of the aughts. Um, and yes, yes, yes. Now, something that I think I really enjoy a lot is the very brief. Um, flashback to the sort of I think it's you know the Aztec civilization is is what it's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah, with all of the uh, or is it Incan or Aztec? I don't know. One one or the other. I don't know. I think it's Aztec, but I can't I cannot confirm that at this point in time. But yeah, I know what is it? Is maybe two minutes or something like that? But it's we get the, uh-huh. the it's when they're uh, what's his name Raul Bova. <laughs> Is yeah. uh, he translates yeah. in minute detail these hieroglyphs? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the but the the sequence we get showing the history of the predators seeding and hunting the aliens, I think, is very cool. And it's like, um, mm-hmm. it almost makes you go like, maybe this movie should have been a short. <laughs> like, what if this had been twenty minutes long? It probably would have kicked ass. <laughs> I, I think it should have been made by somebody who is less concerned with making a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> making um, making like the all the human stuff, like yeah. like the the justification to get him there. It should just be handled by like a grindhouse, mm-hmm. like a like a Robert Rodriguez. Or, I mean, that's he does do a Predator movie, but uh, I don't know. I feel like somebody who could just like really pull out all the stops. Yeah. Um, and just like make a fucking crazy kick-ass movie. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, were you gonna say something else just then? Oh, um, yeah. There was something I was going to say about that, but I forgot. If you have something, <laughs> go ahead. 
oh, the chest bursters uh-huh. really are just bursting whenever they feel like it. Oh, it's the either timing, immediately yeah. or it's at the end of the movie when the predator who gets fucking impregnated by the facehugger in like minute 31 right. you know, finally hatches. Yeah, because what is it? The the woman with the short blonde hair, like, she seems to have roughly a five-minute turnaround. Yes, yep. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, what we learn from the Alien movies is it's like a day or a two yeah. days of gestation period. It really is. They're playing pretty fast and loose. I mean, the other thing I was going to say, which is, and I will say that I don't think... Like, like this movie didn't leave me with a really positive impression of Paul W.S. Anderson as a director. Um, and one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons why is something that we've talked about now on the last podcast, too, is every, the way in which these directors kind of suffer in comparison to John McTiernan, specifically because of, like, again, we'll use, I'll use that same term, geography, when it comes yeah. to setting a scene, placing a camera, blocking action, um, and creating uh, a geography to your scene and your sequence that that feels, uh, you know, understandable, right? Um, and that and there, there are sequences in this movie that are, like, as far from that as you can get. Like, uh-huh. you know, people, like, some someone who gets a lot of, it's a very it's a very deliberate stylistic choice, but someone who gets uh, dinged for this from time to time is like Paul Greengrass, who who almost deliberately creates no geography uh-huh. in a lot of his sequences. But you know, especially I'm thinking about like scenes that take place, for instance, in the whaling station towards the be- the beginning. Like when yeah, we were like, what? Is, what building are yeah, they in? Yeah, exactly. What is, that? what is it even? Yeah, yeah, it's just like you don't know where anybody is in a room. Somebody just goes flying, and you're like, okay, that person's flying across the room now, and it's like I don't know yeah. where the thing that hit them is or what's happening next. And and I do think that there is a real sloppiness to most of the staging, uh, in the whole movie, honestly. And I think I think the movie gets by on pretty good creature, practical creature effects. Really, very admirable set design, um, and 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 yeah, that's that's that. Those are those things are. <laughs> Eric's watching YouTube. No, sorry, I clicked on something on an IMDb accidentally as I was flipping to my notes. <laughs> um, you're just watching TikTok while I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, Mike. My uh-huh. the feeling when. Yeah, but any, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I think I think that I, it's it's not it's not uh, action directing that anybody should be um, taking notes from. No. I will say though, to his credit, I do think he is. I don't know if "good" is the right word, but he. It's something that I, I started thinking about a lot recently in terms of action movies where they they ratchet up the ten, the the tension, mm-hmm. quote unquote tension. It doesn't have to be real tension of like I feel tense. They ratchet up ratchet up these stakes in the action. He does that like 
it's not just a simple chase. It's a chase from a collapsing building mm-hmm. where then they have to jump over some sort of bottomless cavern yeah. to get to the other side. And then somebody inevitably falls and has to be caught. Mm-hmm. It's like all by the numbers shit. Yeah. But it's stuff that's like you sort of appreciate that there are people who are like, nah, it's got to be more exciting. We yeah. got to throw another fireball in there. Sure. But know? I mean, I like, I mean, I, I wish I had other examples besides like that I could make a sort of like one to one comparison, but just kind of compare the climax of really either of the last two Predator movies to this one where it's like. It feels this feels like it's taking its cues from like a Roland Emmerich disaster. Oh movie. yeah, absolutely. It's you know? not. It's like a different universe. Right. Like, you know, and it's like if you no pun intended. Yeah, and I and honestly, I think if you had picked one, you know, one like even if it is the whaling station location, okay, fine. Do a better job of setting up where things are and what the space is, and then have a tenser cat and mouse type confrontation between scar and lex and the queen Uh as opposed to just like racing across a collapsing you know glacier yeah yeah and just like the bursting like you know the it's just it it it, to me it, it it loses you talk about tension but it's like there's no tension in the in the climax of this movie to me like it's just bombast is action. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like yeah, that's why I said quote unquote tension because yeah. I didn't actually think it was tense. I knew they were gonna get away, mm-hmm. but like at least I appreciated the shit being thrown across yeah. my screen in a way. Um I, I do want to briefly talk about when th- she has made weapons out of the alien parts. Mm-hmm. How can she put her hand inside of an ali- alien skull <laughs> without like burning? Like they're really yeah. pick and choose where the acid uh, yeah. It takes effect. Absolutely. No, it's very silly. And I will say also, like, sort of Anderson's weaknesses as a screenwriter uh, and a director, I think are pretty well on display in the way they bring Lex and Scar together, which is like, yeah. there's a lot of ways you could do that. And a lot, like, and there's just, there's there's no subtlety to any of this. Yeah. And, and it, but it's like, in addition to not being like, you know, again, it's the kind of thing where I think about the size of the cast. Like, it's like you could do this in a way that's simpler. Like, like you could, it would feel more, it would be, it would go down easier for me if it was literally the whole thing was just like, you know, he's about to kill her. She kills an alien. He kind of holds a spear and then puts it down and walks away and she just follows him. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, great. Okay. Now they have some sort of very tense, unclear, perhaps truce. We don't even know yet. And that creates more tension as opposed to what they do, which is like, he practically like puts her under his arm and gives her a noogie. You're coming with me, kid. Yeah. 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 And they look very silly next to each other. They do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's wrap this baby up. Um, Unless you have other big thoughts about AVP. I will say, uh, I watched this on Tubi, and then once it concluded, one of the suggested watches was AVH, Alien vs. Hunter. Okay. Which is an Asylum Pictures movie. <laughs> Love it. Asylum Films or Pictures. I don't know which one. Uh, and so I, I put that on, and I watched the first five minutes of it. And I'd say the opening credits is three minutes of a middle-aged man jogging. <laughs> <laughs> And then I kind of fast forwarded around and it looks like fucking hot garbage. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 
All right. Um, so deaths. There's a lot of deaths in this movie. We got a uh, one, two, three. F- okay, so not a lot of deaths, but nobody dies until 34 minutes into the movie mm-hmm. by predators. You get four mercenaries who are killed. Then you get Rustin Quinn, whoever that may be, slashed with wrist blades by Scar. Russo gets chest bursted. Thomas gets chest bursted. Four more mercenaries get chest bursted. Stone gets pulled off screen by a noose and killed. Bass, com- uh, comb stick thrown into chest. Comb okay. stick? What? I don't know. <laughs> Maxwell Stafford-, Stafford gets netted and stabbed through the chest with the comb stick. Chopper gets his head bit by the uh, grid xenomorph. Celtic gets his head bit by the grid xenomorph. Charles Bishop Whalen gets stabbed through the stomach with wrist blades. We get one, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but seven sacrificial maidens all chest bursted. Uh, then fra- flashback predators, three of them get blown up by themselves, their own uh, little wrist detonators. Joe Connors, chest bursted off screen. Dr. Miller found chest bursted. <laughs> Uh, Verheiden, don't know who that is. That's uh, Tommy Flanagan. Oh, okay. Uh, Sebastian gets shot by Lex in a mercy killing, and Scar gets stabbed through the back by the alien queen's tail. Um, oh, non-counted deaths. I don't know why. Carl Johansson, either killed by predators or xenomorphs, or succumbed to the elements. <laughs> 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 this is on Dead Meat Wiki. Uh, Captain Sven Nyberg, curse a, a crew of the Emma, gets slaughtered by Xenomorphs. Grid gets trust, crushed to death by Scar's self-destruct system. Other Xenomorphs and the Xenomorph Queen drowns in the lake. Okay. A lot of talk right there. Mike, what's your favorite death? Um, This is going to make it sound like I'm more upset with this movie than I actually am, cause, uh, which we'll cover in a second. But I'm I'm filing a protest vote. Because there are no good deaths in this movie. Um, uh-huh. And so my vote goes to Lex Woods, who presumably dies of exposure in the next 12 <laughs> hours after the Predators leave. I like that. I like that. I do. Th- I, yeah, because you're right, man. There's not a lot going on here that I could pick from. I think the best one is the xenomorph who gets his face slashed off Mm -hmm. yeah and like part of his head slides off that's pretty cool and you see like the inside of his Mm -hmm. skull with like the two yeah mouths and stuff that's my favorite one that's pretty good otherwise it's a really really lame death movie yeah which should be it should be like fucking balls to the wall yeah well and that's the craziest thing is it's like you have the alien franchise very violent you have the predator franchise very violent and you smash them together and you imagine in the way that the ending has that it's you know bombast in the emmerich way it's like this should be a bombastic action gore movie and it's not it's a it's it's fucking for teenagers it should be more freddy versus jason than it is than than what it currently is Mm -hmm. um moments that didn't age well the movie uh now is 16 no the 18 18 years old. Jesus Christ. I know. This came out when we I were know. in college. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I didn't really catch anything like in terms of like, oh, that, that didn't age well if, if, offensively. Mm-hmm. 
I'll say like the the CG effects. I'm sure that's probably where you're going. Oh, don't put words in my mouth. I'm not gonna put words in your mouth. What, what, what was yours? Yeah, the CG effects do age poorly. I was going to say, um, I think the maybe desperately <laughs> trying to think of something that's not CG no. effects. <laughs> I was gonna say that Charles Wayland not having an evil ulterior motive. Uh, as yeah, a billionaire, that is weird, right? Uh, I really thought he'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna find the cure for the cancer that I ha- that I have." Yeah. yeah, even that's fine. At least it's a motive. He has no motive other than he's like he wants to do something to make him famous. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the correct answer actually, is the strangely, effects. probably the most realistic motive is just, just like I just want to be super famous. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're not wrong about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I well, and something that I mentioned earlier which is like digital effects, easy to point out because it's just the passage of time. But the style, uh, like I mentioned, of specifically the Predator masks, yeah. is it just looks like futuristic from 2004, which is like a bad look. It looks like, what's that car? Like a Tiburon or whatever. <laughs> Remember those? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like... And like the, the dreads are too fat. I know they're not actually dreadlocks, yeah. but like, you know... They're just everything about the Predator design yeah. is, is a little bit off in a way that I don't enjoy. Yeah, the Hyundai Tiburon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Okay, make sure you look up one from like 2002. Um. Anyways, yeah, that was uh, this is a car that looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this nothing ages. You know what my wife had when I met her? What? I um. PT Cruiser. Oh no! You never told yeah. me that. Uh huh. Oh, PT sh- Loser. Yes. Judith. That was never cool. I know she loved it though. Oh my goodness. Okay. And so we drove across country in her car. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. Okay. On the John Carpenter fear meter, how do you think this one ranks? Um, I said before, I actually was stressed out by the <laughs> all the like the potential crushing deaths. Sure, sure. A little claustrophobic, but you know, other than that, it's not a scary movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're fucking high. I think this movie is. Uh, this is less scary than every single Alien or Predator movie that comes before it. Um, mm-hmm. I would give this an eight. <laughs> <laughs> Divide by two. Okay. Uh, uh, four. I, I was gonna say three and a half, maybe, but I'd go up to four if you feel if you were your claustrophobia is is uh, you know influencing your vote. Fine. Three no, I'm not trying to beat you into submission. All right, four, four. Because right. <laughs> getting crushed is scary. <laughs> I don't like it either. Right. But is this movie anywhere near as scary <laughs> as say? That Instagram story where the guy goes down a little dirt hole. Oh my god, no, that's terrifying. That's why would you do that? You don't do that. You've seen that one, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's the worst thing maybe I've ever. I think. I mean, I've seen different videos, but it's like he has to like basically lift one arm up to. Yeah, I couldn't. This, yeah, I think this one he goes down feet first, and he he puts yeah feet first. He puts his hands like on his at his sides or whatever. It's like some sort of construction thing, but it's it's literally like he almost gets stuck going in the mouth of it and has to be like sort of shoved down, and then it's just like well, that's the worst way to die that I could possibly imagine. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, anyways. I guess I need to make a really good claustrophobia movie. Is there? Is there? Yeah, one? there's a couple. I don't like them because they're 
too stressful. Yeah, and it's also like nothing happens. There's is like a buried movie or something. Yeah. Is it called Buried? I think Buried. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or he's like is is that him or is that the one he's on the ski lift? I don't know. Whatever. Um anyways. Uh yeah, Ryan Reynolds. What's... Buried. Uh three and a half. Um I think we're at the end now. We're at the uh Mary Wed Better Behead. <laughs> a fourth option, huh? Yeah. Mary Wed. Okay. Better Behead. I'll go first. Um, so, yeah. I, do I think this is a good movie? No, I don't. <laughs> I think it's a stupid movie. It's uh-huh. dumber than a bag of rocks. Yeah. Um, do I think this is a movie worth seeking out uh, if you've never seen it before? Nah. Did I enjoy watching it? Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> it sort of made me nostalgic for a sort of for a brand of movie that doesn't really exist anymore. Maybe it does. I, maybe I'm just not aware of it. But this sort of like very middle of the road action, mm-hmm. dumb action packed movie that's not associated with a comic book. I go, this technically is a comic <laughs> book, um, but like a Marvel movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I. I think at the end of the day, if I'm going to listen to my heart and not my head, I think it's a fuck. Mm, We call them bed now. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I think I bed this one. (laughs) Um, I really had more fun than I expected watching it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Cool. Well, I, I mean, I think I, I, I almost opened with my, my larger philosophical thoughts, which I often save for this part of the show. So I'll just say that I still believe all of what I said there. I think that the acting is not great. The casting is even worse. Like the acting is fine. The people that they paid to show up do an okay job. They didn't cast very interesting folks for the most part. And they didn't write them particularly good dialogue to deliver. Um, The effects are, are okay. Bordering on good. Uh, and, and, and it, it's satisfying in delivering what it promises, which is a big fight between predators and aliens. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of the biggest job that this movie has to, to, to accomplish. And I guess it accomplishes it for the most part. It's not the best alien versus predator movie we could have asked for, but it's like, this isn't a movie that you would like remember as remember when they completely botched bringing aliens and predators together. It's like, no, they did it. Yeah, they did. They it. did the thing. So, yeah, for those reasons, I agree with you. This is a wet, uh, not a web, Jesus, <laughs> a bed. This is the problem with wed, bed, behead. They all sound too similar. Yeah. Um, it's a bed. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not a movie I would recommend to anyone really. But it's also not a movie that I would like tell people to stay away from. Yeah, yeah. It just. Exactly. It just is. It is. It's you know if you have an hour and forty minutes to kill, you probably should watch something else. But if if this movie's on, hey, check it out. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break and then uh, we'll do our final segment. Introducing Alien vs Predator for the sixty-four bit Atari Jaguar. You might not want to play it alone. (gasps) Mom. Mom? 
Okay, we're back. We're here with our final segment. As we mentioned before, this movie is surprisingly, not because of the content, but because of the subject matter, rated PG-13. Mm-hmm. Um, more and more movies, especially during this time frame, I don't know so much anymore. I guess it's a little... Yeah, it's it hasn't slowed down exactly, but you do see more R-rated horror movies these days. But in this period, they're really trying to market to the widest audience possible. Yeah, it seems like late 90s through the early 2010s, it was like that was what you did. You tried to see if you could get a 20 or a PG-13 so you could just it's supposed to lead to better box office results, right? Yeah. Cuz more people could see the movie. Exactly. So we had a little thought. Mike, do you want to you clue, clue in the listeners to what, what uh, we were thinking about for this final segment? Yeah. So I, basically, you know, we, we touched on it a little bit during the episode. It was the maybe one of the biggest things that I came away from this viewing thinking and really remembered this. When this movie came out, part of the reason I didn't want to see it is because I knew it was rated PG-13. Uh-huh. And in my head, I was like, well, it's going to suck. It's not going to be as good as if it was rated R. And I will say, I think I was right. I think this movie would have been better if it was rated R. Yes. So that got me thinking. What are some of the best PG-13 horror movies that do not suffer from getting a PG-13 rating? And... What are some of the worst offenders of movies that either clearly should have been rated R or suffer because they weren't rated R and they had to make a bunch of cuts? And yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a great, great... Because um, I think if a horror movie nails being really good and really scary and PG-13, mm-hmm. that's a feat. Right? Like, that is yeah. impressive work. That is pre- impressive to do. It's it, yeah, it almost is. It's like it's like adding a higher it's like a dive with a higher level of difficulty, you know. Yeah. If you're mm-hmm. able to make it work and get the PG-13, then 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 it's a true you had to really do a couple extra flips and pikes or whatever the fuck. They, <laughs> twists. <laughs> so right. I sprung this on, well I did spring it on Eric. We were both scraping for third segment topics no we have a rich library <laughs> that we've amassed that yeah they're all out. all things that our listeners have sent to us and suggested that we've had uh-huh. to store uh-huh. away so you yeah. guys just won't stop sending us good ideas thank you guys um, uh yeah so anyways eric uh would you care to start with one of your best pg-13 horror movies yeah the one that immediately jumped to mind because i was shocked when i found out that it was mm-hmm. pg-13 um Gore Verbinski's The Ring. Sure. The Naomi uh, Watts film. Mm-hmm. Probably released around the same time, 2002, 2003. I, I think like so, that? yeah. Yeah, remake of, of the Japanese Ring. Yeah. The Ring. That, yeah. I mean, that movie, I thought, was scary as hell. I saw yeah. it a couple times in theaters. It did not need to be gory, did not need to be explicit in any way, but still really, really nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, that almost, to me... That's like a uh, a sort of poltergeist esque, like even if there's nothing that violates the MPAA's rules around what should be PG thirteen yes. or R, it's like it's too scary for it's kids. too scary. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like 
it's like that whole like um, the spirit of the law or the yeah. you know, whatever that yeah it's mm-hmm. like this goes against the spirit of the law but hey got yeah. away with it yeah no I think that's I think that's a great pick uh, what about you uh, so it's funny I realized that I ended up picking two bests and two worsts that were very thematically similar to each other oh so I only have well you know I just came up with another word oh but. should I just do one and one. No, 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 no. Let's no? do let's okay. do whatever we have. I okay, got it. Um, well, so the first one that I came up with, arguably a horror comedy, perhaps, which maybe makes it a little bit easier to um, to slide in under an R rating. Um, but it's one that's very, very scary, but is able to be, I think, truly a very like a like a very scary movie in places without really any gore, maybe one or two dead bodies, that's pretty much it, is Arachnophobia. Yeah, yeah, that is a really scary movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it helps if you're scared of spiders, which like... Which a, I am. Yeah, a sizable part of the population is. Um, but, like, there is, you know, you want to talk about tension building, um just i think it's a great story i think the way that the plot unfolds it's like almost like a detective story in how mm-hmm. they're like trying to figure out what's going on um which helps build that tension up and so it pulls a lot of scariness that way in that it it does like the the tension building of a good suspense story as opposed to a horror movie mm-hmm. um and spiders are fucking scary <laughs> they're really yeah, they are. scary yeah. especially big ones i've been mean, meaning to rewatch arachnophobia i should oh, do that soon. it's i i i mean i don't want to get you too fired up before you go into it i think it is actually I, I would put it in my pantheon of great movies i really love that movie um yeah and it's got the spielberg touch you know it's uh it, he he produced it it's directed by frank marshall jeff daniels john goodman incredible yeah check great it out cat. All right, so my second one is a movie that I think is lighthearted enough mm-hmm. and f- cool enough that it mm-hmm. doesn't need the extra bit of explicitness. And that's, I'm talking about Tremors. Ah. Uh, that's a movie that is just a, so much fun. Yeah. And even as a, like it's a, as a kid, I watched it. Uh, probably because it is PG thirteen, mm-hmm. um, but it's like, oh, this is cool. I'm watching a horror movie. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and like, people are dying and like giant monsters. But it wasn't like scarring in yeah. any way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I do think like it's kind of a more of a lighthearted tone to that movie that that allows it to get by on on that. And it's also mostly in the daytime, if I remember correctly too, which I think is. Interesting. Yeah. Almost entirely. I think almost yeah. all the action takes place. There's, there's one death scene towards the beginning that's set at night. That's pretty much it. Um, that's a great pick. So good. In fact, that it was what I was going to say next. Oh no, <laughs> no, but I had an alt, I have an alternate ready to go, but I was going to say that my two were pretty thematically similar. I want to say those came out within a year of each other. Uh, they came out the same year. They both came out in 1990. Uh, and yeah, both horror comedies, and yeah, I think works for a lot of the same reasons uh, in terms of the tone that it strikes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so my alternate on on great PG thirteen horror movies, um, and this is one I got to be honest, I have not seen in more than ten years, and I actually, due to yet another podcast that I listen to, 
which does not need any of my help because it's like the biggest movie podcast out there. But blank check, they're covering uh, the filmography of Sam Raimi. Ah, uh, yes. I was wondering if this one was going to come up. Yes. And so when 2009's Drag Me to Hell came out and I, saw, I heard a little bit about it and then I saw it and I was like, wow, this is great. This is like a return to form for Sam Raimi doing like splat stick, gory co- horror comedy after years of doing big budget studio stuff. And then it's fucking PG 13. Yeah. How it's mind blowing. It's and, crazy. And I have to watch it again um, because maybe it isn't as good as I remember. I don't know. But, but just, I think it deserves it, it it's noteworthy if only because sort of like you said like the ring is a movie that's so scary it's hard to believe it's pg-13 this is a movie that feels like a true sam raimi like gory horror movie but i don't think it's actually that gory i think it's just shocking you know yeah you know this is i'm gonna watch this one friday night this yeah is, this will be a good revisit because yeah it's been so long but that was that was also one that I was like, I bet Mike's gonna pick this one, so I'm not gonna pick that. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna do Tremors, but you know, great minds. Uh, well, we talked about all the good. Let's throw out a little bit of the bad. What are yeah. some? Well, and I can, if you want, I can go first here. Um, yeah, sure. If you, you know, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I, I will say for my bad picks, these aren't movies that I think. I really did struggle. I had to like look up a bunch of like, oh, that, that was rated PG-13. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let us clarify to you, by bad, we don't mean the quality of the movie is bad. It's just, it is worse because it is PG-13. Yes. Um, and I think, I don't know, are you going to say, I don't want to steal one from you. No, it's fine. If we don't have four total, it's, this is this is a formless segment where we're just bullshitting. We well, can say I was going to say, certainly the movie we covered today. Yeah, absolutely. Just should go on there. That wasn't my pick. I, yeah. I didn't want to steal one for you if that was your pick. No, it wasn't one of my picks, but I agree 110%. It's what inspired the whole segment. Yeah. Th- that this movie definitely suffers because of that rating. Uh, my pick is World War Z, which isn't even mm. a movie that I think is very good. Yeah. But the fact that it's not R rated. <laughs> It's like, oh, it'd be so much better if it was. If it was yeah. actually like hard gore in that thing. I don't know. Yeah. That's just like that's that's really the extent of like, yeah, it should be gorier than it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I know I'm with you. And I actually do have some fondness for World War Z. I think it's a cool I mean, you know, this is all credit due to the source material. I think it's a cool concept uh-huh. for for dealing with zombie stuff, which is you know, so much because, you know, zombie movies have been done to death and then mm-hmm. come back from the dead and then <laughs> and then been shot in the head or just dis- or, you know, decapitated and somehow come back again. Um, so we've had a million of them, but it is, I think, a clever approach to tackle it on a global scale, to do it as something very big, yeah. as opposed to so many zombie movies that are like a couple people hold up. You know, the original Night of the Living Dead is where it all started. And that's been the inspiration for so many is it's just like hold up in a house, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm with you on that. And I do think it's a. I actually think it's a decent movie that's maybe a little underrated because I think people think of it as bad, which I don't. But I agree with you completely that it would be better um, yeah. if it was uh, 
gross and rated R. Um, yeah. I just talked a lot about your movie. Uh, here's, <laughs> here's one of mine. Um, there are a, 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 a pretty big handful. Again, I mentioned the aughts and the early 2010s as, as a really bad time for this sort of thing. So this movie could sort of be a stand-in for um, many films of this ilk. Uh, I'm going to go with the remake of Prom Night. That was going to be my other pick, actually. Oh, okay. Tell you what. You talk about Prom Night. I have another like another one that fits in here. No, I don't have too much to say okay. for it other than if you're making a slasher movie yeah. that doesn't have good kills or, mm-hmm. or gore or blood in it, what's the fucking point? A hundred, a hundred percent. I could not. It's just like if you're making a slasher movie and it's not rated R, Stop what you're doing. Yeah. Do something else. It's not yeah. a good idea. It's a bad fucking idea. <laughs> it's going to please nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Other it's than just... maybe box office, but I doubt But it doesn't even. because nobody it gets doesn't. excited about seeing this shit. Exactly. That's exactly. the thing. It's just like you make such cynical money-making decisions. And what yeah. you want is a subversive movie that kids are going to want to sneak into. Yeah. I know you're not making money there, but like. Still, I don't know. Like, you make you plenty want... of movie uh, money on the home, the home, you know. Yeah, exactly. You want you want a movie that kids are not kids. I'm saying like teenagers. Mm-hmm. Be like, can you? Did you hear about this fucking movie? Let's rent it. Oh yeah, everybody yeah. come over Friday. We're gonna rent this fucking fucked up movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I had some other ones that fit this, but like they, a lot of them are remakes. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of those remakes that came along. The Stepfather is another one I can think of that was just like bad bad and it's like that's yeah. a that's a class i mean the stepfather the original stepfather is like a great subversive slasher movie basically um with a great concept and what they just ner- you just nerf it you know that yeah that, you just nerf it um okay did you have another one or was that the no only that one was the other one yeah okay so my other pick sort of following the model of alien versus predator one thing that's a very bad idea is to make a remake of an R-rated movie that's PG-13. The other thing that's a really dumb fucking idea is to make a PG-13 sequel to a franchise that is entirely R-rated up to that point. And I think oh. I think one of the absolute worst offenders and truly uh, a profoundly bad movie, 1987's Jaws the Revenge. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say Robocop 3 for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Not a horror movie. Not Definitely a horror movie. Yeah, very yeah. bad, though. Uh, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So, Jaws 3D, not a good movie. But it's very fun. And mm-hmm. it's crazy and stupid. And it's got some gory kills. Because uh, if my memory serves me correctly, it is rated R. Um I could be wrong, and now I'm frantically Googling to make sure that Original Jaws, I think, was rated PG. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. But, but that was back when PG meant something to yeah, me. That was that was a very different time, yeah. Yeah. Um, and now that I'm saying this, I'm like, wait, are any of them rated R? Are they all PG or PG-13? <laughs> Did I, like, completely fail the assignment on this? Maybe. Let um, me see Jaws 2. Yeah, check the ratings on all the Jaws movies. But anyways... Jaws 4 sucks dick. Um. <laughs> and it would have been better if it were rated R. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, what is Jaws 2? Jaws 2 uh, rating. Here, I got that one. You check Jaws 3. Okay. 
Jaws 2 is... Why is it so hard to find? It is hard to find. Guys, PG you... Jaws 3D is PG. <laughs> They're all PG. Okay, so it's the reverse. It's yeah. the reverse. It should have been PG. Because they're all PG until Jaws the Revenge, which is PG. And that's like a little too much for me, yeah. personally. Yeah, I didn't care for it. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, that movie is so fucking bad. But, yeah, Jaws uh, 2 is also PG. <laughs> they're wow. all PG. They're all PG. I mean, it yeah. still works. They just went up instead of down. Um, I'm really backpedaling here. Um, no, I think what you're saying is exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Jaws the Revenge should have been PG or R. Don't get stuck in the middle. No, don't get like commit one way or the but other. But I mean, honestly, I think there is this is and I'm not taking credit for like having a, a, a like a good cohesive conclusion here. I'm just pulling this out of my ass. But I think there's a lesson here, which is PG thirteen is a bad rating that yeah. is caught in the middle between two kinds of movies that work. And it's just stay out of there. Do an R-rated movie. Do a PG yeah. movie. PG-13 is like, it's stupid. Unless your PG-13 is just because you have some boobs or something. And then I'm, I'm, I'm for it, you know? But they don't even do that anymore. Like, PG-13 does they not really have don't. nudity. Yeah, but I mean, Back, back in the day when we were kids, have... PG could sometimes have tits. Yeah, on. movies don't have nudity. What's, what's just one of the guys rated? <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. Oh, what are <laughs> one of the one of the all time greatest nude scenes ever for? It's boys. rated PG thirteen. Ooh, okay. So that's wow. the, that's that's my point. The one reason you would do a PG thirteen is for the Joyce Heiser topless scene at the end of just one of the guys. Imagine that. I just turned into <laughs> Mario. <laughs> oh. Imagine that. Imagine that. If there was a PG thirteen movie that came out now, with it that just had one set of heavy hangers in it, (laughs) I would I would stand up and clap. (laughs) Me too. With one hand, the other hand. Also, I feel like people forget Sherilyn Fenn in that movie being an absolute stone cold fox. Oh yeah, as she is always. But anyways. All right, let's bring this puppy home. Okay. Uh, guys, if you want to write to us, you can do so at killstreakpod at gmail.com, at killstreakpod on Instagram and Twitter. Leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. or wherever it is you subscribe. Yes. Next week, we will be covering Aliens versus Predator. And note, it's pluralized now. This was Alien versus Predator. The new one is Aliens versus Predator Requiem. From 2007, directed by Greg and Colin Strauss. Um, and I didn't check. Eric, do you know if this is streaming anywhere? Oh, I can um, check right now. Yeah. I wish I would have known. I could have done it while you were talking. Uh, yeah, well, I, you know, I was just kind of crossing my fingers and hoping that we had the <laughs> ESP going. But. You know, we've I thought, never. I thought maybe that's what you were doing. Is what I was well, I about. was, but then you stopped, and I ran out of time. Uh, <laughs> um, it's not loading. My Just Watch app is uh, not loading. Looks like mm, Cinemax Max Go, which is oh. funny because HBO Max is supposed to encompass everything on Cinemax, but it often it does not. It's this is not available on HBO Max, but it is on Max Go, which I'm going to guess 99 percent of our audience doesn't have. So, uh, if you have access to uh, physical media, go rent it at a store. I will, I'm not going to say buy it because I remember it being pretty not good. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, 
I I don't know if we've talked about this at all, Eric, but I'm trying very hard to stop renting things on Amazon Prime. Um, oh yeah, I should do that too. Or really, but, Apple or Google—they're all kind of bad. Although I they're think all kind of bad. Prime's they're, probably the worst. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, sadly it's been the one I rent most from yeah, because me too. It's literally just one click or two clicks. Yeah. Whereas like I don't have to put my fucking password in, and it sucks that I'm that lazy. Yeah. Apple has streamlined it a bit where you can approve it on your phone ah, okay. so there is that but also yeah. yeah whatever yeah uh this is not a buyer but hey if you've got access to an old school video store help them stay in business go rent this fucker um maybe that's what I'll, i should have done that today i was just by video to see which one of us gets to video tech first yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has happened once right that i it rented. has yeah i was looking for uh halloween one of the halloween yeah or, and i had rented it already <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, in the great yeah, in the great city of Los Angeles, we have one video store. I know. Soon to have another video. Vidiots is opening at some oh, point. Yeah. That's right. Well, and I guess um, there is the one on the west side, right? But we're not going there. No. So. Yeah, I was just down there today. I should have rented it. Any whoosies. And as always, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs>